Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 382 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week, the godfather, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? I'm mediocre, kind of like the Reds. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, this has become the running gag, I guess, as we start this podcast. You know, the Reds, eh, just kind of treading water still. Since uh, since we recorded the last podcast, the Reds are have gone three and four. They play tonight in the final game of the series against San Diego. They've lost the first two games of that series. They've gone three and four, but they have gone from four games out of first place to eight games out of first place. So uh, it's a, you know, a bad time to be treading water because the Brewers have caught fire a little bit here. So things are about where they were when we talked last, but from a games behind standpoint, it's as bad as it's been all season. Bill, uh, what do we think? We're getting close to the trade deadline into the first half. What do we think about this team? Same thing we've been saying all year and we've been saying every week. You know, they are what they are. I mean, in I don't expect any help to come from outside the organization. I think Doug said that last week. If this team's going to improve, somebody on that's already on the in the system is going to have to get better. I mean, that's the only way this team improves. They either get you know, and healthy if they get healthy. Of course, I'm not convinced that they're ever going to be healthy at this point because it seems like more guys are going down than they're getting healthy. Yeah, on every team. I mean, it's around the league. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. But when you but when you're a bad team, it hurts you even worse. Yeah, a team without uh, depth, absolutely. Without any depth, yep. And uh, and Nick Cross saying, "Oh, we're going to wait till we get healthy to uh, see where we are." It's it's ludicrous. They're not going to get healthy. They're never going to get fully healthy. It's, just, it's not a thing that's going to happen. You know, if Nick Crawl, Nick Crawl's doppelganger must have been that guy, and I can't remember what his name was, but he was like the public information guy for Saddam Hussein. <laughs> yeah, Baghdad Bob or whatever they called Bob, him. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Nick Crawl. Yeah. Well, I I still think that he looks like he's in a hostage video every time they have one of those interviews with him because but at some point, and I know you and I disagree on this, my dignity would not allow me. You you're either a part of the problem or a part of the solution. You can't be riding a fence. And at some point, my dignity would say, I can't go out there and say this anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I I look at it a little different because I'm like this guy's got one of he's been trying to get this one job for his whole professional career he finally got one of there's only 30 of those jobs in the world he finally got it it's a it's easy to say yeah i would i'd you know resign in protest or something but uh but you're not wrong i mean well do you think do you think he's helping himself in a professional standing here for for because every in in your baseball in, in in the in the dugout or in the front office you're hired to be fired so at some point, Nick Crawl is going to be fired. Do we agree on that? Probably. Or he'll or, or he'll leave this organization. I, if I were him, do you now, think anything he is doing right this year is going to help his standing with an, when another team looks at him? So, oh, he did a really great job with the Reds. It's helping him stay employed with his current boss. I mean, yeah. you know, you're not wrong. There's, but there's some. How much do you have to please your boss? versus how much do you have to, you know, uh, do you want to actually be able to sleep at night? Uh, how, how much are you willing to swallow? Yeah, yeah, no, but really. If I were Nick Craw, I would be, once I saw how the, the tenor of this, I'd be 
reaching out to other organizations and seeing if there's anywhere you could, he could land. And that's hard to that's easy for me to say. A guy has to work his way all the way up in the Reds uh, system to be the general manager. And I think could be yep. a, I, I, I'm starting to wonder, but I think could be a, a competent general manager if given the ability. Um, although I don't know that we've got any evidence of that, frankly. Um, maybe that maybe that's just my personal because I've I got to talk to him a couple times and I, I find him to be at least um, uh, he's not uh, Walt Jockety, but um, yeah, that's a low barter, brother. I know, right? I know. <laughs> um, ah, Nick Crawl. Let's talk about some of the things he did this week because he didn't do any okay. real any anything real. Uh, he he made some. There were some transactions that he he was a part of. <laughs> I guess he had to fax it into the league office. The Reds probably still fax things, I'm sure. Um, but let's no, talk about my mail. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the uh, what happened this week. First of all, right after we recorded last week, uh, TJ Antone, the Reds' uh, best relief pitcher, went immediately on the 10-day injured list. And uh, the Reds called up uh, CNL Perez and his ERA over eight. Um, with Antone, uh, it's his third, third time he's been injured this year. He uh, has a right forearm strain. And they say it's different than the injury that he was just on the disabled list with. Yes. I don't know whether that's good or bad. I don't either. And David Bell says that, uh, Reds manager David Bell says that he's it's he's going to be out longer than he was the last time. So uh, just after we... <laughs> and with the crack medical staff work on him with the Cincinnati Reds... <laughs> right, yeah. We might see him by Labor Day. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. And this comes right on the heels of losing Lucas Sims. And so what do you, what do you have left? A bullpen full of no Now, I think Amir Garrett is, is back. I'm comfortable with Amir Garrett. He's had one bad outing in his last nine. He's, you know, he's back to the Amir Garrett we always knew, which, you know, is pretty good most of the time. Uh, but other than him, this bullpen is has no one right now. And it just continues to highlight the fact that Bob Castellini, Nick Crawl, oh, they didn't go get any relief pitchers. And I saw one uh, noted uh, one of the the someone on Twitter that we all know, and it's, it's a person I like. I'm not going to uh, name the name, but who said, "Well, you know, it's easier said than done to go out and acquire uh, relievers for you know um, good relievers for free, basically, or something like that." And somebody responded and said, well, uh, the, the Reds gave away two for free. So it's not impossible. Some teams are doing it, <laughs> you yep. know. And just today, the New York Yankees made a trade with the Diamondbacks for a relief pitcher. So you can get relievers other than the waiver wire. I'm not sure if anyone realizes that in Cincinnati. Or make trades, like for shortstops or, or something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. It, yeah. it is possible. You know, the thing is, you know what's sad, though, is is – I don't think there's any doubt right now that Garrett is the, is the quote, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, the hammer in the bullpen right now. And our hammer has an ERA of 7.61s, giving up eight home runs and 23 innings. Right, right. I mean, Ugh. I, yeah, I mean, you can't say enough bad things about this bullpen. I mean, I, and I'm, not, I'm not degrading the guys as people or they're, they're, you know, how hard they're trying or anything like that. But they're just not very good. I mean, compared to other major league ball players, I mean, we saw last night, Osage throws a big old lollipop up there right in the middle of the plate. 
Next thing you know, it's deposited in the right field feet. Seats again, and the game's over. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, it, but sometimes when I when I talk about it on on the twitters, um, this bullpen, somebody will come back at me with, "Well, you know what? Uh, Brad Brock's doing pretty good. I trust him, and he does have a two point seven six ERA." Art Warren, what about Art Warren? He's he's reliable, two point three eight ERA. This is true. Even Josh o, Josh Osich after that one point five nine ERA. I'm like, yes, they have done. Okay, I mean, I'm happy that they haven't been completely awful. But are, these are the guys that you want to pitch the innings near the end of the ball game. Brad Brock, who first of all is 35 years old. Brad Brock has been uh, released by the Chicago Cubs. He's been released by the New York Mets. He um, was uh, not, not re-signed by the Kansas City Royals. They just let him walk. Um, at age 35, and he's 35. I mean, is that the guy you want the end of the game? What about Art Warren? Art Warren's just 28. Um, but Art Warren um, was, uh, you know, waived by the uh, Seattle Mariners. Um, and, and the Reds acquired him just by sending Texas some cash, which is actually surprising the Reds sent anyone some cash. Um, so, you know, okay, he is what he is. It, it, it was $4. <laughs> right. Joss Oshitz, we just talked about, 32 years old. Getting ready to be 33. Um, career negative 0.5 wins above replacement. He's been uh, waived by the Giants, waived by the Orioles, waived by the White Sox. Um, I mean, and again, I feel, I feel like I hate to bash. I feel like I'm bashing these guys. I'm, I don't mean to do that. They are who they are. You're critiquing their performance. We're not bashing anybody. We're critiquing their performance. Right, but they they're being put in a position that they're just not. The, Good enough to do, right? I mean, it just is what it is, and it's because of the failures of ownership. I got to, we got to get off that. Topic. I mean, and, and 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 to backtrack for just a second here, you quoted these ERAs for these these relievers, the the three guys, Brock and Warren and Osage. Now, last, you know, you're right. Osage ERA is one point five nine, but he gave up three runs last night that were out on the bases that he doesn't get charged for. So, so let's not act like he did his job last night because his ERA is only one point five nine. It, that's, he gave him a grand slam and it cost him the ball game. That's a great and, point. But, and I and I don't know what Brock or, or Warren or any of these other guys have done with inherited runners. I haven't looked it up. But it, it, for relievers, the ERA is not the be all end all, and we and we all know that. It's it's a great point. The Reds are among the league's worst in permitting inherit the, the bullpen permitting inherited runners to score. I mean, Sean Doolittle is is the classic example. Sean Doolittle. Uh, you know, um, I, I like Sean Doolittle uh, a lot, obviously for for obvious reasons that I won't mention. But um, it, it, he's allowed almost every inherited runner to score, and so his ERA is four point five five, which doesn't seem awful. But you can't put him in a game in a tight spot, you know. Uh, so anyway, that but is. Are you sure? Well, and he and he's he's the perfect example of a guy that the three batter rule should have run out of baseball. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He, I mean, he he can't get a right-handed hitter out. He's a lefty I mean, specialist. Right-handed hitter's OPS against him right now is one point oh five five. That's pretty good. Yeah, if you're a hitter. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, let's talk about some good news. Uh, Sonny Gray. You remember Sonny Gray? He's coming back. Uh, Going to join the Reds rotation on Friday when most of you all will be listening to this episode. Sonny Gray is going to pitch. Um, so that's outstanding news to me. Uh, Sonny Gray. Uh, pitched um, in Louisville, and uh, you know, uh, was rehab start not that bad, and so he's coming back. Um, that helps, right? 
Oh, absolutely. I, I tell you what, I like this rotation. You know, Castillo's come around. I like Gray, you know, assuming he's effective. Molly's good. Well, Miley's been good. And I like what I've seen out of Gutierrez. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, you look at his numbers, they're not that great. But the only two bad games he had were the two games he started against San Diego. And they're a pretty doggone good ball club. Oh, yeah. No, I've got no issues with a yeah, 25-year-old coming up. And uh, he's doing – we always talk about it. We have for years. Uh, you know, he's learning. But, yeah, yep. I, I agree. I like that guy. Uh, Sonny Gray will be taking Tony Santion's place in the uh, rotation. Santion was optioned back to AAA. And the Reds recalled Ashton Godot. Ashton Godot to pitch in the bullpen. Now, the good news about this, and I want to get your uh, opinion on this, is the good news is the Reds basically announced that he's going to AAA and he's going to uh, move into the bullpen, basically, down there. He's going to work out of the bullpen to prepare him to come back. And they could, they could have kept him in Cincinnati and used him in the bullpen, but he wouldn't have be, been able to pitch for the next few days after his start. So they sent him down, and then after 10 days, he's going to be transitioned to the bullpen, and I presume would will be coming back to Cincinnati as a member of the Reds' bullpen. That seems like good news to me. What do you think? I think it, I think it's great. Uh, you know, he, whether he's effective or not, at least they're trying something different. <laughs> right. And at least it's a guy they're with some talent. Bringing, they're not bringing one of the guys that's gotten cult, you know creamed already this year back up. I assume Godot will probably be the one that goes back down in 10 days. Uh, barring something unforeseen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at least he's a good arm and, and, and he's young and he may get, and he'll get better. Yeah. Yeah. He's 24 years old. And I think, you know, there's every chance that he could help the team out of the bullpen. We know what the, all these other guys are going to do. You know, they brought CNL Perez back up and the, the article in the Inquirer was just like, well, he, he retooled his fastball when he was uh, in triple A. And so now he's going to throw more strikes. I hope that's the case. But again, all this is just hoping that you can get something out of guys that have never shown it before. And, and a, what do you always say, Chad? What yeah, do you always say? That's true. But th- this, this is the most frustrating year for that. I always say hope is not a strategy and that's all Nick Crawl and company are doing right now. Is yeah, hope. I mean, Perez has got incredible stuff. If he could just get it in the zip code of home plate, I mean, he might be an effective pitcher in the big leagues. I, I hope he does. Yep, me too. At least with Tony Santion, we have a guy that has gotten guys out consistently at the minor league level. He's got good stuff. He's young. He's exactly the type of guy. And frankly, um, Vladimir Gutierrez is a guy that if and when the Reds, uh, you know, um, I don't know, Gutierrez may stick around in uh, the, the rotation the rest of the year, but he's another guy that could, if if, if they had to move somebody, rather than send him back down to AAA, put him in the bullpen um, at some point. Now, I don't know who's going to take his place. I will say this. Jeff Hoffman's getting ready to do his, uh, probably his final rehab start. And the presumption is that Hoffman will return to the Reds in the bullpen. You don't think there's any way they put him back in the rotation, do you? I, for, for one thing, I thought I heard or I thought I either read or heard that he had like two more rehab starts. But, uh, I, but think, I may be I may be mis, misremembering. I think he just has one more, but um, that, you but may anyway, be right. Nevertheless, uh, I don't know who how, who you could put him in front of. He, he's not. He didn't pitch better than Gutierrez. And as I think either you or Doug said last week, at least Hoffman was fairly effective his first time through the lineup. So maybe there's some hope he would be good in the bullpen. Yeah, again, that's hope. Um, yeah, but that's all. That's all we got, man. I, this year it is. It's it's so frustrating. That's the entire strategy this year. Hope guys stay healthy. Hope guys play better than they. Uh, we we know that they can, and uh, that's clearly not working out. And it's so frustrating because this team is so much fun in some ways, and it, 
I always the say the division is there to be taken. It, the division is there to be taken. If they had just tried this offseason, there's no question they could uh they'd be in the mix to win this division. It's just and no I mean they still might be, even with you know, the 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 flaws in this team. That's why it's very, very frustrating. Uh, uh Speaking more about the, the bullpen. Okay, Tony Santiano eventually going to be in the bullpen for Cincinnati. That could be good. Jeff Hoffman maybe That could be good. We don't know. Uh, but uh, Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen was sent to AAA Louisville today to begin a rehab assignment. Um, you know, I thought I read he was sent to Arizona. I think he was sent to AAA. He's been in Arizona. Oh, okay. Then what I read must have been a misprint or something like that. And I, or Anyway, whatever. But I... I I'll count on Lorenzen when they activate him. I know, right? Uh, remember, you remember the heady days of the spring, or right before spring training, we thought that he was going to be in the starting rotation to start the year? <laughs> it seems like a million years ago now. Yes, it does. I, well, I, you know, He's been gone so long, there are times I don't even remember that he's a part of this ball club. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I, when you think about, oh, what's, we're talking about hoping that guys get healthy, things like that. I don't even think about him most of the time because he's been gone for so long. It's like the old, uh, Sean Marshall, you know, back in the day, or, or Nick Massett. Yeah, and, and and this is the second year in a row. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Lorenzen that he's that he's missed a sizable portion of the season. Well, the problem with him, the reason why he can't stay healthy, is he just does not take care of his body. I mean, he really needs to start getting healthy. It's really ridiculous. He's an embarrassment to the uniform. <laughs> he really is. He just, just is. I mean, he looks like you know, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Um, did you see who's pitching? Again, this will have already happened by the time you all listen to this, but did you see who's pitching against the Reds uh, tonight on Thursday night, Bill? No, I did not. A young man named Ryan Weathers, the son of David, David Weathers. Weathers. Really? Yes. Ryan Weathers, a high draft pick. Um, and, and during the games this week, uh, I heard Jeff Brantley, and uh, I think he was talking to Trent Rosecrans on the radio. And uh, by the way, you know, if you watch on MLB.tv, I know you don't, Bill, but but for those of you that do, you can. They got this feature that you can go in there and listen to the radio broadcast rather than the television broadcast. And so, uh, when Chris Welsh is on the, the television broadcast, I, I will listen to the television broadcast because I like John Sadak. But when Welsh is not on TV, I click it over and listen to, uh, to Tommy Thrall and, and Jeff Brantley. And that's what I was doing the other night. Y'all need to take advantage of that if you can. If, you, if there's a certain announcer you want to avoid, that's that's some advice. But um, they were talking about all the times that, uh, you know, Ryan Weathers was just all over the the place uh, in Great American Ballpark growing up. And his dad used to pitch batting practice to him on the field all the time. And they'd go out into, like, the outfield. And so he could hit, over, hit balls over the over the fence uh, as a kid. And so and everything was a great hitter, but he was drafted as a pitcher. So, yeah, our old friend David <laughs> Weathers. Like his dad. I don't know. I don't know about that. But you remember how much we enjoyed Stormy Weathers when he was in Cincinnati? Uh, some days more than others. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, um, not a least favorite player is not really a fair thing to say. And I don't, he really frustrated me when he came into a game. Stormy Weathers was a perfect nickname for him. So this I, kid's already got a 1.3 wins above replacement for this year. Yeah, no, he's, he's evidently the real deal. Um, and I hope he really plays awful in his first game in, uh, his dad's old stadium. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Other right. Yeah, why can't the Reds beat the Padres? It's killing me. Well, it has. It, it, well, you know, it seems like there's always one team every year that just 
you, we, the Reds can't beat. For years, it was the Cardinals. Now, you know, and, and they were a pretty good team when the Reds struggled with them. And, and this is a pretty good ball club San Diego's got. I, I, I'm amazed that that they're not winning, or at least in closer contention to the Western Division. You know, I think they will be before it's over. The the, the Giants have shocked me. I, I readily admit it. You know, or, or or do we call them the past Cincinnati Reds? <laughs> they got a bunch of our old guys there, don't they? <laughs> and they're all and at least at least the last time I looked, they were all playing really well. Oh yeah, Ugh. frustrating. Um, what you said is just is true. I, I saw earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday. You know, yesterday the the Cubs and and the Brewers played, and the Cubs were up seven nothing, and then they gave up fourteen uh, unanswered runs to the uh, to the Brewers. It was fourteen to seven. And I guess I saw someone who said that if you look at the records of the Cubs and Brewers, they have the exact same record against the rest of the league. And I don't remember what that record is, but the they're in head to head. Milwaukee had won like nine of twelve against the Cubs, so mm-hmm. that was the difference. That was the complete difference was just their head to head games because they were exactly even against every other team. And so that's unfortunate for uh, the Cubs that that one team that's getting them is the team that's now running away. In the division. Yeah, right. So I don't know. Other transactions this week. Alejo Lopez called up to join the Cincinnati Reds. Scott Heineman. Sent, uh, designated for assignment. He did clear waivers and has been uh, sent to Louisville uh, as of today. But Alejo Lopez. I'm glad we didn't lose him. I know. He'll be back. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> uh, Alejo Lopez was hitting, um, let's see, 362 in double A this year. They moved him up to triple A, and he was he, he hit 358 in, uh, with better numbers across the board, power numbers and everything in triple A. And so uh, he gets 25 years old. Gets a, a call up and then swings at the very first pitch and gets a hit. That was a fun moment. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this kid, who he is, but a lot of people calling for him to get some games at third base. I think it's hard to argue with. <laughs> Except for the fact that the Reds owe Suarez $35.84 million between now and 2025. Oh. We kind we kind of need to tackle tackle any of Suarez, right? Yeah, and, I, and I, I've got something you know in one of the questions that I'm going to address a little bit of Suarez. So do you want to wait till you want to wait till that? Yeah, we can wait. unless you want to do it now. Nah, we'll wait. Okay. Uh, let's see. So anyway, Aleo Lopez, I he's been great. He seems like a good kid. Happy for his success. Hope he does well for the Reds. Um, couple last things before we get into questions, because uh, like you said, the questions are going to help us uh, get into some of the, the topics that we want to discuss in this episode of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. But did you see the uh, the attendance at the old ball yard this weekend against the uh, against the Braves? Yeah, they drew pretty well. Yeah. They're, they're not following the Chad rule. <laughs> That's true. Did that surprise you? No. People, we, as, as, as I talked about a couple weeks ago, I, we just got back from Key West. And people want to get out. People want to go out. People want to do things. Well, when we were in Key West, we were seeing crowds in, in Old Town Key West on Monday and Tuesday nights, like what is usually there on Friday and Saturday nights. And I think it's the same thing with the ballparks. I think you're going to see attendance up you know, above normal everywhere because people want to get out. People want to be around people. People want to do things. I don't know if baseball has anything to do with it, but I, I, it doesn't surprise me at all that attendance is up. It was, uh, again, yeah, I wasn't there uh, intentionally, but 
it was kind of fun to see a crowd that was kind of rocking, kind of excited. You know, the Castillo, they, they won the game. The Castillo started 4-1 to one against the Braves, and there's about like 35,000 there at that game. And, you know, it was a wild atmosphere. And, you know, baseball's more fun when it's like that. And uh, so, you know, um, more of that, I guess. Uh, although Maybe, maybe uh, Ebenezer Bob will... Uh... Decide he's got a few pennies in his pocket and let him go out at the deadline and find a reliever that costs, you know, more than $4.42. Or he'll see that he didn't have to do anything. They're still going to come to my park. I don't have to go sign anybody. They're still coming. Well, that's true. But, you know, their, their excuse at the beginning of the season was, you know, they lost so much money last year because there was no attendance. And blah, 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 blah. Or is Charlie Brown? Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Um, this this uh, is not going to be news by the time you all listen to this because it's going to be announced tonight. But uh, you know the the all star voting is continuing. Uh, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker made the cut for this phase two of the voting, and so now uh, the voting finishes. I think it uh, has already finished, as a matter of fact, and they're going to announce it. Whereas we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, um, it finished at two p.m. Eastern time and will be announced tonight. Uh, how do we feel? Are they both going to be starters? No. What? I think one of them will. I think they'll both make the team. You think Castellanos will be a starter? Uh, that would be my guess. Um, I, you know, and I, you know, Winker's twenty-seven. He's got a lot of years left. But I, I, it would be it would be really cool to have them both start. I think there's a decent chance because they have been second and third all the way. But um, but if there's only one, it's probably going to be Castellanos. When is the last time that the Reds had two starters in the All Star game? I couldn't even guess without cheating. Well, don't cheat. Yeah, 2013 is the answer. Okay, I would have guessed earlier than that. And and I heard, I think you put, had this on Twitter or something. I didn't follow it, but I. Uh, so who were they? Uh, Joey Votto and Brandon Phillips. I didn't. I didn't say who they were or when it was on. Okay. And before that, the last time. I didn't remember Brandon Phillips ever starting an All Star game. What I didn't either until I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, before that, 1995. 1995. So we're talking about more than a quarter of a century here. It's happened. It so happened Larkin one was one time. of them, right? Larkin. And I will. Well, you might get the. You might get the other one. Uh, 95. No, I got. I got nothing in my head. <laughs> well, I'm going to pull that out. That's nothing a, new there. That's the, <laughs> let me write that down. That's the title of this episode. I've got nothing in my head. Um, Ron Gant. Ron okay. Gant started as I, again. I, I, don't, I don't remember him starting the All Star game. I didn't remember it either until I went back and was looking at all this. Now, my, my, he, he's a great. He's a very interesting Cincinnati Reds story. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, in my column for the magazine this week, Cincinnati Magazine, I try. I, the idea was I was going to say, all right, Cassianos and Winker are both going to make the team, and I think at this point there's no way those two don't make it. They can't. They can't slump enough before the all-star game to be left off unless they're injured fingers crossed um yeah don't even don't even knock on exactly and so and i was trying to say i'm gonna make the case for who else should join them and i I thought i could make a pretty good case and then i started into it and i I, my heart wasn't in it and and the three that i tried to make a case for were uh tyler malley and wade miley um 
and I, I actually think one of those could get it if maybe some if some people are, you know how always the pitcher somebody gets injured or somebody can't is not available to pitch so they withdraw and there's always people added later maybe one of those and the other one was um, Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart is about middle of the pack in terms of hitting amongst National League catchers, but it's coming off his second Gold Glove year and. He's one that I could see maybe, maybe sneaking in. Um, it's kind of a lifetime achievement uh, award, sort of. But sentimentally, that's the guy that I would love to see get an all-star game after uh, you know what he's done for the Reds over his career. Probably no chance, though, right? I, I don't see it. I, I think. Well, I think one of the things that really hurts it is is the uh, the one player rule. You know, sure. You know, some some guy off of some really bad t- off of Colorado or Arizona. Who probably shouldn't even deserve to make the All Star team's going to make it, um, and you know they're going to cost a Miley or a Miley or a or a Barnhart a spot that that you know and they're but they're let's be honest they're borderline they would be borderline picks, um, but I agree with you about Tucker. I'd love you know he's, he's having an average offensive season for a major league player. It's a, you know his he's having his best offensive season, uh, and just playing incredible defense. Still, and and mentoring a young guy to take his job. Yeah, yeah. I, I just again, I would love to see. I would get some joy out of watching the joy that I'm sure he would have, you know, on the field, the home run derby with his family, you know, and uh, just enjoying those festivities and get a chance to kind of experience that. I mean, you know, um, he's been a big league player here for what seven, eight years. So I mean, he's 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 you know, he's been recognized for his talents, I guess. But I just. I don't know. I'm a I'm a Tuck, I've become more and more of a Tucker Barnhart fan over the years, and uh, would love to see that. I don't expect it though, unfortunately. Can you think of anyone else that you might want to no. argue? I mean, you know, at one point you could, you know, you guys talked, you guys talked about Antone a little last week, but just because of the role he plays, it would have really tough. It would have been really tough to believe that anybody would have seen, looked deep enough into the numbers to to see how great he's been. Yeah, Tyler Naquin's Naquin's cooled off substantially. Um, You know, India has been great for a rookie, but his numbers don't compare to the other second basemen around the league. You know, one catcher whose numbers were better than, uh, when I was looking up the catching numbers, one that was better than uh, Barnhart was uh, Tyler Stevenson. Oh, yeah, offensively, yeah. Well, we got a couple of good catchers. Really pleased with how that's uh, working out. You put our catchers together; they're heck of, having a heck of a season. Yeah, really pleased with how that's working out. I tell you what, let's uh, let's answer some questions. We'll get into a few more of these topics. How about that? William? That sounds like a plan. Before we do this, we have some uh, people we have to thank. Uh, you know, um, you guys are you're coming through for me, and I promised one uh, patron this week that you're going to be the cleanup hitter on our beer league softball team, and so um, I, I put four names in a hat and drew them out, and so. Um, this is who's going to be the cleanup hitter. Uh, and I'm really pleased with how, the way it came out. Uh, no offense to the rest of you, but you'll find out why. Um, so first uh, first new member of the family at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can can go and, and join the join the family, support the podcast, and enjoy our nuttiness uh, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis in, in the Slack channel. Taryn Kidner. Taryn Kidner joined us this week. He was the first to answer the call. Um, I think even on the day the last podcast came out. Um, so now, as I said, we got to pick a lineup spot on our beer league softball team. What you got? Taryn Kidner. Oh, is, he, is, is this who won your drawing? 
This is not who won the drawing. Oh, okay. Okay. Taryn Kidner. Sounds like a pitcher to me. It sounds like a pitcher to me, too. I'm thinking like a, you know, I, he is, I had it in my mind, you know, uh, uh, short. I'm sorry, Taryn. I, I envision you being really short, but also being a flamethrower. Um, Except you can't really be a flamethrower in slow-pitch softball. Mm, that's not going to help us much, is it? <laughs> He's that guy that can throw that, that big old arcing ball. <laughs> It drops straight down onto the plate. <laughs> uh, so he's got some stuff for slow pitch softball. Yeah. And then if we join a fast pitch softball league, he'll be our pitcher. Yeah, there you go. All right, Taryn Kidner, thank you so much for joining. Happy to have you around. I think board. I think everyone has gotten an invite to the Slack channel that has joined. If you did, didn't get it, if I missed someone, I don't think I did, uh, just reach out to me, email me, um, or just leave me leave a message at Patreon and I'll get, get back to you. Next comes Scott Boldman. Scott Boldman also did not win the uh, the drawing to be the cleanup hitter. Uh, Scott Boldman. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. Now, what position do we have for... And Scott took advantage of the uh, subscribe for a full year. And you get a little break on the uh, on the dues pledge. Um, what do we think for Scott? Scott Boldman. I don't know. That one's... It's got some serious Dave Kingman vibes to me for some reason. That's two weeks in a row that you've been you had a Kingman thing. Oh, really? I guess that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, okay, so we need to go different. Um, I don't think we do need to. No. I think, I think he's a corner outfielder. Or a first baseman. Well, he's going to have to be a first baseman later in his career, I think. Yeah. Because he, he's not that strong defensively. Sorry, Scott. The, the legs will go and, you know. Yeah, yeah. But light tower power. Just can hit the ball into the river. So we're gonna we're gonna start him in left field, and uh, hope he gets to play first base more than Adam Dunn did. <laughs> Which, At Dunn, least in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, should have been a first baseman long before. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. Really appreciate you uh, joining us. Now the uh, the next next one here is our cleanup hitter, Bill. Okay. The cleanup hitter on the Red Leg Nation Radio Beer League Softball Team, Jonathan Wayne. Jonathan John Wayne. Wayne. John Wayne. Yes. Oh man, that's too cool, too good. <laughs> that's too perfect. Else, he's of course he's the cleanup in. It was too perfect. When I pulled that out, I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. John Wayne. Um, so he's a cleanup hitter. We're gonna. Uh, he's a DH. He plays whatever he wants to play. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wherever he wants to play that day, he plays. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining uh, joining the family. Really appreciate it, and congratulations on being our cleanup hitter. Now, the last one, uh, I'm going to presume this is a pseudonym for our next patron, um, and so uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with this, but it it's this: Indiana the dog. Indiana the dog. Now I get that reference. You know what I immediately thought of is that, that in the minor leagues, there's that dog that goes out as it picks up the bats. <laughs> so he's the the bat boy. He's the bat boy. He might have to be. He might have to be. Now the reference, uh, I'm assuming this the reference is to Indiana Jones, and in the, the third Indiana Jones, in the, uh, that's right. You found out Last Crusade. Yeah. We named the dog Indiana. I'm presuming that's what that is, and if not, um, I'm just going to assume. I'm just going to say that it is because that's a reference to one of the. My favorite movies. Um, so, Indiana, whatever your name actually is, thank you so much for joining us. Um, 
uh, you know, I'm going to say bullpen catcher actually. Okay. Al- along with uh, along with Bad Boy, he's going to have various roles for the team, uh, but he's going to be the fan favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going to they're going to bobbleheads, posters. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so Indiana. Thank you so much for joining us. You too can join us if you wish at patreon.com slash redlegradio. These next viewer mail questions come from our patrons uh, at uh, at Patreon. And so we'll begin with, uh, let's see this. How about we'll begin with, and we got a lot of this. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. Sorry, gang. Our, our family keeps growing, and so I'm just not going to be able to get to all of them. We're just not going to have enough time. But we'll try to get as many as we can. We'll do as much rapid fire as we can. This first one might take a little bit of uh, thought from Joe Farsing. And Joe asks this, who's on your guys' all-time enemy team? Pujols at first base, Edmonds in center field, then who? Um, now, let me unpack this just for a second. All-time enemy team. Now, he says enemy team, and when he says Edmonds, okay, I kind of get that. You know, he, But Pujols, Pujols killed the Reds. Well, at, yeah, that's, where I was, that's what I was thinking. Are we talking about guys that killed the Reds or just guys you hate? Yeah, because those two guys, like Pujols, I never really hated him. Pujols was always the guy like, oh, if there's one guy around the league that I could have on my team, <laughs> I wanted him because yeah. he killed the Reds. Uh, I mean, if it's if it's somebody you just hate, Molina. Well, you got him, Molina's the catcher. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, and Joe Joe makes a, a second uh, comment here, and he says he's guessing that uh, Bill Lack has Bud Harrelson on his list. So that makes it sound like guys that we just dislike. Yeah, it does. But the only the, the only guy that came to my mind on this is Andrew McCutcheon. And not because I didn't like him, but just because he killed the Reds. He's another guy I wish played for the Reds. Yeah, he yeah. did destroy the Reds. He was so good at his at his. At his I, I looked it up. He's got 31 home runs against the Reds. <laughs> the only team he's hit more home runs against is the Brewers. Wow. Well, I was going to go uh, with uh, – so that gives us an outfielder with two outfielders. We've got Edmonds and, and McCutcheon. Uh, we'll leave Pujols at first. Uh, we'll leave Bud Harrelson at, at second, right? Second base. Yeah, that's fine. Um the guy I had that came into mind immediately was Bill Hall. You remember the shortstop for the Brewers, Bill Hall? No. Yeah. I got. I meant to pull up his splits here. I got to find his career splits against the Reds because this guy would turn into Babe Ruth. Yes. Every time he uh, played the Reds, I've got it here somewhere. Let me just find it. This is scintillating. Radio the other, the other person that I thought of when I looked it up, and, and only because I remember Joe Morgan talking about him, but his numbers weren't that good against the Reds, as I thought they would be, was Randy Jones, the guy that won the Cy Young for the Padres. Oh, yeah? But he was just mediocre against the Reds. I mean, he, they, the Reds hit him about the same as everybody else did. So I, I, he wouldn't really fit here. Um, I'm, I'm going to go old school for our pitcher, uh, Joaquin Andujar, who I, I think we need. Ooh. Or... Um, yeah, and a horror work. Uh, if you think about who you're think, thinking about, let me know. Uh, against, the, against the Reds, Bill Hall, first of all, he had 181 total bases in his career against the Reds. He had no more than 119 against any other team. Um, no, he had 134 against the Cubs. But he had a 938 OPS versus the Reds. 569 slugging percentage, uh, which, you know, that's a pretty good. But when you consider that his career OPS was 744, <laughs> 436 yeah. career slugging. He just destroyed the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, Bill Hall. I used to have nightmares about him. So there's a short story. Do we have a third baseman? Oh, I know who I was thinking of. Pedro Martinez when he was an expo. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Um, and he used to hit the Reds. He used to just 
bounce balls off of him like he pitched for the Cardinals, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what about uh... the third baseman? Uh, somebody on the on the list here suggested Ray Knight for the for start for punching Eric Davis. Absolutely, without question. I had that in my head and I forgot it. It went out, and so I'm glad you said that. Yes, Ray Knight, absolutely. Um, another outfielder. Um, I don't know. Lance Berkman used to kill the Reds. Remember that guy for the Astros? For the Astros. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to destroy the Reds. So, uh, so that's it. That's a that's a team, right? Yeah, that's good enough. There we go. Uh, good question. It kind of mixed in the, the 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 haters and the and the and the yeah. good ball players. That's right. Yeah, I just I, I know a lot of people must have hated Pujols because he killed the Reds. He just he always carried himself with with class, you know. And I don't Didn't know. Did he jump from like low A to the big leagues? Oh, I don't know. Did he? He was ready. Well, I, they, I, th- I I believe he did. There is a rumor, and I can't substantiate it, but there's a rumor that he's at least two or three years older than what his actual age says on his, the back of his baseball card. So that might be why. Um, well, I hadn't loaded that. I do see that it has, uh, has Ray Knight at third. Yeah, good call, Nathan Connor. Next question comes from, let's go with Jerry Seduth. Joe Votto's 1,000th RBI last night and his 300th home run earlier this season has made me ruminate on where he stands among the all-time great Reds. His numbers are outstanding, but will the general ineptitude of this club during his time here diminish him in the opinions of fans? It's a great question. And the answer is, I think, yes, without question. Well, I, mean, I think his contract has made him diminish him in the, in the opinion of a lot of fans that, that I don't think really understand baseball. Uh, if, if you don't think Joey Votto is a great player, you, you really don't understand the game. Right. Uh, Joey's fifth on this team and wins above replacement in history. He's probably going to catch well, – I doubt if he'll catch him this year, but next year he'll catch Frank Robinson. Theoretically, I guess he could catch Larkin, but I doubt if he very will. But, but finishing fourth on a team as, as storied as the Reds, for wins above career wins above replacement is pretty strong. Um, do you think he's you think I'm not asking if you think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but do you think he'll make be in the Hall of Fame? I think he will. Yes. Do you? I, I do. I just think that the 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 voting body for the Hall of Fame has gotten so much younger and will continue to get younger by the time Votto is eligible, and they'll understand more of that. What Votto okay. did was very valuable. I don't think he's going to be a slam dunk unanimous. He may not be a first ballot. Uh, he may not be a fifth ballot. I think ultimately he will be a Hall of Famer, though. He's 15th on Jaws. And and guys below him that are in the Hall of Fame are Perez, Killebrew, Torrey, and Eddie Murray. Yeah. And if you so. don't go, go, Jaws is the J.J. Jaffe's uh, system for predicting. It's a really, really fun way to look at the yeah. weather. Yeah. So kind of rate players by position. Yeah. Uh, based on peak uh, war and uh, you know seven year uh, run war, um, it's a it's a good system. I look at the the Reds all time wins above replacement, and I look at the say top six uh, or top seven or top se- let's say well let's say top eight. Let's look at the top eight. Okay, Rose, Bench, Larkin, Robinson, Votto, Morgan, Pinson, and Perez. Now, if you ask the average Reds fan, we surveyed a hundred Reds fans. Their answers are on the board. Uh, who's the best player in Reds history? You might hear all of those, except for, I would guess, Joey Votto, Veda Pinson, and uh, maybe Frank Robinson, even. Those are three depending guys. On the age, depending on the age of the person you were asking. Right, right, right. I think Robinson's got a case to be the 
number one um, player in Reds history. I think you can make that argument. But um, some of that is, is age for Robinson and Pinson. But, you know, I think also those are the three guys on that list that didn't win a World Series with the Reds as well. Although Robinson did, and Pinson did at least play in one. And they all won MVPs. They and they, uh, That's right. Yeah, so so I don't know. I, I think that he is going. He has been criminally underrated his entire career in Cincinnati, and I don't know. Maybe once the once he's not on the payroll anymore and people aren't upset about that, maybe his the opinion of him uh, with the fans will improve. You know, uh, I just started reading a, a biography of uh, Ted Williams that I've had sitting here forever. I'd read another one on Williams. I said, "Well, I'll read this. It's supposed to be good." And they talked early on about how Williams was just. He didn't understand how after he retired, everyone loved him when they just gave him such a hard time during his career, you know, the Boston fans. And so, but after he retired, they loved him. Joey Bob could get some of that, I think. I think he's probably going to get some of that. I hope so, because I, I don't think he gets the respect he deserves now. Uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Uh, in Cincinnati, um, I think around the league, people understand. I don't think fans do. I don't think fans in other. I, I don't think fans in other cities under, know how good Joey Votto is. You don't the think average so? Fan in, the average fan in Minneapolis or the average fan in San Diego. I think I those think guys see that he won. He's won an MVP, so they know he must be good. Yeah. I don't know. We dive deep into the weeds here uh, in, in yeah, Cincinnati. I mean, and, and, you know, and there have been and there have been one-offs that won MVPs too that, that weren't really really good ballplayers over the over the total career. But that's not the case. True. Votto. Votto won one and probably should have won another and. Could have won another one if he hadn't been hurt. And yeah, yeah, you know. Oh man, I just love to see him play in the postseason. It's just you know Joe, Joey hitting is kind of the way I always felt about Morgan and Bench. You didn't really completely appreciate him unless you get to watch him all the time. Yes, yeah, and we you know and people used to say that about Veda Pinson too. I, we've been saying for years. Watch him; he's going to be gone someday. You know, watch him. Watch him. He's, you know, um, you're going to miss him when he's gone. Understand what, what you have here while he's here. And uh, I do enjoy watching him. And, you know, he, he's starting to look a little bit, uh, you know, what's he, last, uh, the last 28 days, 293 average, 369 on base, 520 slugging. You know, I mean. You know, every time you, you, you do this, then he tanks. <laughs> so, so you're blaming it on me is what you're saying. So I, yeah, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> His, you're just figuring that out. What's What's interesting is it's not. It's interesting because it's Joey Votto, but um, and it's not always been the case. But his numbers versus left-handed pitchers are. And again, we're small. He's only had 65 plate appearances, but just awful. And he's crushing right-handed pitching this year. So, um, and, and the team as a whole is struggling against left-handed pitching. So, might be a situation where David Bell should find some opportunity to get uh, Tyler Stevenson. At first base against lefties, yeah, and give Votto a break or two uh, more than he's had. Um, you know, I, I love Votto. I want him to play as much as possible, but it might not be a bad idea. Of course, then you got to have uh, Tyler Stevenson catching, and he, you know, he is left-handed, so you not, I don't know if you want that against a left-handed pitcher. But anywho, good question anywho. there. What's that? I said, anywho. Anywho. Jordan Salisbury, this is not so much a question as a declaration. Chad, I'm taking a stand with you in a showing of solidarity in regards to not attending a game this season until the Reds acquire an actual shortstop. Uh, Reds acquire an actual shortstop. That's actually not my boycott. I'm not going, period, even if they acquire one now. 
Um, just not going. But uh, but thank you for uh, joining. What if me. they traded for Mike Trout? No. People ask me this on Twitter at least once a week. What if they? Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing they could do that would get you to the ballpark this year. No, I've been asked. What if they bring Hunter Green up for a start? No. Um, uh, I've been asked. Well, what about if it's uh, if they make the playoffs? No, I'm not going. <laughs> no, no. But I, what I'm talking about is if they actually spent some money. Uh, no. Okay. Not this season. I'm just this is, again. I'm not urging anyone to join me in this. I know. You're you're you're, you're making your stand. <laughs> I'm just. I, I, you talk about dignity. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I work hard for my money. And I'm not going to give it to uh, Castellini if I don't have to. Uh, I know I'm giving it to him by paying for MLB TV partially, but you know what I'm saying. This is my little line in the sand. Jordan also says, also I'm concerned that if Castellanos wins the MVP, he'll walk. I can't think of a worse offseason to follow up losing the reigning National League Cy Young winner and potentially losing the National League MVP because old man Bob is crying poor. That'd be that'd be tough to lose the Cy Young Award winner and the MVP in back to back season and just do nothing about it. Let's talk about Castellanos for a minute here. Let's do it. Do you think he'll do you think he'll opt out? Yes. I do too. I and if you believe that and you're the Reds front office, what do you do? Do uh, we got a question about that, so let's ask let's take that question and we'll discuss it. Jackson Lotta. Let's say the Reds are 500 or below at the All-Star break. Do they get aggressive to move Castellanos before the deadline to cash in while his value is sky high? What might a trade package with him bring? So, what do you what do you do? You you, you said you believe that he's not going to uh, Well, if I'm Nick Crawl and I know that the ownership is not going to allow me to offer him money, more money to stay. So that's the, that, that's the position that I'm making these decisions from, right? Right. I trade him. Um, I, I would not. Uh, one thing, though, that you're not taking into account that I think if you're Nick Crawl, you have to take into account is that we have a long history of Bob Castellini refusing to let popular players be traded. And I don't think there's any way, even if it means saving money, in the short term, I don't think that's there's... a good point, and and we do know that we we do know that that's happened in the past. One hundred percent. There are several trades for Billy Hamilton that were nixed by. Uh, they could have really changed the future of this team over the last few years. Oh, easily, easy. If if he if Castling had stayed out of. Um, yep, and, of, you know, and I had forgotten about. I, I had not considered it from that perspective. Um, and if you and if you're going to consider the fact that they're not going to let you spend any money, you also have to consider the fact that he's not going to let you trade somebody that the that the fans like. Yeah. So in other words, you're screwed. Yeah. The only way out of this is for them to try to renegotiate to keep him around, because I think he's going to be money, here, which is impossible. <laughs> it's a catch twenty two, man. It is. He's going to walk and he's going to leave, and yeah. they're going to get nothing for him. I think that's the most likely scenario, don't you? Yep, I do. And you think we're mad now that they don't have a shortstop. <laughs> they lose the MVP. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't think I'd trade him anyway. Because what are you going to get? What are you going to get for two months? 
somebody maybe somebody's desperate. You can get a, you can get a, a, a pretty good prospect and a double A guy. Yeah, I'd rather have uh, Nick Castellanos for the next for the rest of the season. And and the hope, quote unquote, that he won't opt out. I just I don't see any way that he's being moved. People who talk about that, I don't think he should be moved. I think the Reds need to try to keep good players. But of course, well, we I have... think the Reds ought to try to win too. But you know, <laughs> doesn't seem to be their their primary uh, purpose. No, no, it's certainly not a priority uh, in the ownership suite. Um, Pete Wills asks if he if Castellanos can pitch too. Maybe he could be our very own uh, Shohei Otani, and uh, we just haven't tried it yet. I think he can do anything after watching him. Uh, Kyle Kapler. Next viewer mail question here at Redleg Patreon.com slash Redleg Radio. What should I do if my 2012 NL Central Championship shirt does not fit anymore? Also, what kind of beer does uh, Suarez need to start drinking? Suarez famously uh, swore off beer and got in better shape in the offseason. And... Whatever he was drinking two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... How about some, you think he needs some, some Hootie Delight? Get moody with Hootie, man. <laughs> That's what he needs. Um, what should he, what should he do if his National League Central Championship shirt doesn't fit anymore? Uh, do what I did with my 2010 National League Division Champion shirt uh, just the other day. As a matter of fact, I didn't know I had it. I think that someone in the Reds front office sent it to me um, right after that championship, and uh, I found it at the bottom of a drawer. I've been going and just cleaning things out, and I I looked at it and I reminisced over the rosters on the back, and then I I tossed it in the pile to be uh, recycled at the, uh, at the Goodwill or wherever my wife was going to take them. So that's probably what you need to do. Just donate it or frame it. Maybe cut the sleeves off and go Ted Klazuski. <laughs> cut the sleeves off. Use it to mow the lawn. Now, uh, that's not the, this is not the question. There's another question about, uh, Suarez. That you want, we were going to talk about Suarez. Yeah. I can't remember where it was either. Well, let's run through some more and then we'll get to it. Maybe. Um, yep. Nick Crawl, this is from Seth Shaner. Nick Crawl recently said the Reds would be getting healthy soon. We'd see where their team was before making moves. My first thought was that it would be that it was ridiculous to wait to improve the team. Obviously, it's still true, but more players keep getting hurt, and there's a chance it'll be after July 31st before they can say the team is actually healthy. Is this the biggest case of moving the goalposts you've ever seen? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just gonna wait till everybody gets healthy, and then when everybody gets healthy. Oh well, too late to trade now. Well, I don't think it's any bigger than, you know, we let two guys walk because we're saving money to so we can sign a shortstop. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and people bought it until it was obvious uh, that they weren't going to do that. Richard Stoutard asked, biggest surprise this year players uh, for players, one good and one bad surprise so far for the Reds this season. Biggest surprise. Um, the good surprise for me is um, is Jonathan India. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I... I didn't. Especially since he's gone into the leadoff spot. Oh man, he's been fantastic since moving into the leadoff spot. His on base percentage since he went into the leadoff spot is three ninety four. You can't ask any more out of a leadoff spot than that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's the, clearly the 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 biggest surprise. Um. The the bad surprise. Although Tyler Naquin had, had a case for it, but he's he's really cooled off uh, in recent weeks. Um. He's, he's still fine, but he's just not, and he's injured right now. Um. Uh, yeah, Winker and Castellanos are not really surprises. Maybe that they're playing so well is a little bit of a surprise, but I, yeah, that's not what I would term the surprise. Right, I mean, we, that's yeah. We knew they were good. We didn't know that India was going to be a relevant player and a leadoff hitter for this team this year. 
Right. And he, and he could be the leadoff hitter for this team for quite a while. He could be. Have you seen his hair? I wish I had that much hair. Oh, man, me too. It's glorious. Bad surprise. Suarez. Was it's it a surprise? And with no sign of getting better. Is it a surprise? Yeah, because I, I thought last year was an aberration. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this. But, but I'm I mean, surprised. And, and I'm, I'm going to quote some numbers that Lance McAllister put up on. Uh, and since opening day last year, his slash is 185, 279, 421. And he I, said, and he said 31 home runs. He said 32 multiple strikeout games. Uh, last year he had 19 multiple strikeout games. Uh, you know, it's just 153 with men on base, 139 with two outs and runners in scoring position. And like I said earlier, he's owed $35.84 million between 2022 and 2025. So he's untradeable. Yeah. 29 years old, you don't see this happen. Um, We're talking about, since the beginning of Open Day last year, 551 plate appearances, which is getting close to the the neighborhood of a full season. Yeah. And he has a 77 OPS plus, which means he's 23% worse than the average major league hitter. And made 13 errors in the field. Well, part of that was because he was put in the position that he shouldn't have been in at shortstop. Um, What? Someone suggested on Twitter, what if this is just who he is now? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to believe that. I don't either, because you think Joey Votto got crap over his contract. Yeah, and Suarez is no uh, less likable than uh, than Votto. They're both likable, but it didn't keep Votto from getting uh, right crapped on. Well, and Votto was getting crapped on when he was really playing well. Right. Can um, you imagine if you're collecting that kind of money and you're terrible? There would be no mercy. And, no. and, and he is, he's, a, he's a great guy. I mean, it, it's impossible not to root for this guy. But, man, he's been terrible. And, and, and I don't know what you do about it. And things keep happening where I'm like, uh, okay, you know, he's uh, he's coming along. And it's because I'm looking for reasons to be yeah. optimistic. Because you like him so much. Because I, I love the guy. But, you know, yeah. you can't he's really. your favorite team. Yeah, you can't really find anything in the last 28 days. Yes, his numbers are better in the last 28 days, for example. 198 average, 293 on base, 360 slugging. That's still garbage. I was going to say, you're talking about they're better, and he's still hitting under 200. It's still, yeah, still terrible. I mean, and what's going to happen is if he, and he got a nine off last night. I haven't seen the lineup for today yet. I presume he's back on the lineup. I don't know. Um if he doesn't, if this is who he is, then he's going to be the Reds' third baseman for a while, because they're not going to be able to unload him, right? And, like you, like you said, and because they're not going to, um, they're not going to bench him. I don't think. I don't think. Oh, I hate it. Poor old would you? Would you? Duke, I would be tempted if I was David Bell. To, to pull a, a, a Votto like they did last year where he sat Joey down for a couple of days? Oh, absolutely. They do that with Suarez. It can't hurt, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I saw that our, our friend Jason uh, Linden 
Well, I'm having trouble pulling up the Twitters now. There it is. He posted earlier today. Since that benching that um, of last year, where is it here? Last August, when Joey Votto got quote unquote benched, um, he's hitting two right, <laughs> but he's hitting two fifty five, three fifty one, four ninety six, um, and uh, one twenty eight OPS plus, thirteen doubles, eighteen homers. Um, and you know, about half a season's worth of at bats, a little more than half a season's worth of, uh, Did you say 128 OPS plus. Uh, yes. I think that's what it says. Here. That, ain't nothing wrong with that. I'll take that all day long and twice on Sunday. Right. More power. Um, he's sacrificing the average for power. He's swinging yeah, but, it more, but his on, on base percentage is still strong. On base percentage is still good. Um, that's what frustrates me a little about Suarez is I don't see any, I don't think a benching is going to magically transform him. I mean, he has to know he's struggling. Um, they, I don't the thing is, you don't you don't seem to see any any adjustment. Right. And, and not that not that I'd be able to see it or you'd be able to see it. You know, we're not professional level ball players, but I mean, just the complete total amount of strikeouts. I mean, and 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 you know, and I'm not a going to get on him for strikeouts but that's a lot of strikeouts <laughs> yeah it, i keep I mean, going he's back got almost twice as many strikeouts as anybody on this team i he's keep got 99 uh costianos has got 66 oh my goodness so a third more yeah we talk about since the beginning of last season i'm sure awful what happened before last season this is what i keep going back to he injured that shoulder. Yeah. And he's never been the same since. And I don't know if it's just something that takes a long time to rehab and he tried to come back too quick and it's still lingering. I don't, I've not heard anything about that. He's playing every day. It may just be permanently injured. Maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but if he does not revert to back to the player they thought he was when they signed him, this may be the worst contract the Reds have ever signed. Well, unless you want to call either that or Homer Bailey's. Yeah. What about that contract they gave to Corey Patterson? That was a bad one. That wasn't a hundred and some million dollars or whatever. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, well, 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 you David Bell came. One of us mentioned David Bell a few minutes ago, and David Bell isn't getting nearly the abuse this year that he got last year from fans. From I don't think. Is it because he's got fewer choices, or is he, or has he grown into the job a little bit? I think that there's three things. First of all, I don't, I'm not sure that he is getting less. Um, but if if that's what your sense is, then I think it's a combination of those two things. Um, I think some fans. I'm not abusing him like I did last year, because me he, either. He's not been given a full roster. Um, and um. Maybe he's improved. I still don't see anything from him that makes me think he's anything more than just an, a mediocre manager. Just a, on the field, and you know, and, and we don't know how good you know the player. The players seem to love him. Of course, they always do. You you never find out till later if a guy if a manager was unhappy with the players or the players were unhappy with the manager. Sorry. Yeah. Well, again, you, you never hear that at the time. Like I always say, at some point, if he's such a good manager off the field, wouldn't we see that? in the results on the field? And if not, what does it matter? 
And right. I, so uh, I don't because there have been te- there have been teams that hate the A's in the early seventies did not get along. They hated each other, but they won. Right. And in retrospect, I think there's every reason to believe that the Reds won more in that 2010 to 2013 era because of Dusty Baker's, uh, you know, influence in the clubhouse, certainly not his on-field stuff, which killed him in the playoffs. But I think there's reason yep. to believe that. So uh, I don't I don't he doesn't need to be fired, but um, I don't know what he's done to show that he deserves the job either. He's just doing the best he can with what he's got, I guess. Mike Perry asks. This may be the easiest question. No, no, it's not, not that easy now that I think about it. Uh, I thought it was initially. You can only pick one. Who would, which would make the 2021 Reds win more? The Nasty Boys in their prime or Fernando Tatis Jr.? This is actually pretty easy, I think. Nasty Boys. It's the Nasty Boys. This team needs... I mean, well, they, they need Offense them. isn't the problem. Right. That's what I was going to say. Tatis would help immensely. The guy's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. He he really is. But you give me uh, Randy Myers, Rob Dibble, and and Norm Charlton in the back of the bullpen, and this team all of a sudden is the best team in the division. I think even without a shortstop. I truly believe that. Well, with the starting pitching we got, and we're we're almost – and our our starters get us into the sixth or seventh inning every night. Then you bring them three hammers or two of them every three – you know, two of them every day or two of them every three days. That's what they said. They're going to give up a whole lot of ball games. Right, that's what they said in in 1990. They make it a six game, six inning ball game. Yep. Because you weren't going to get past it. Occasionally you would, but very rarely. So that's my answer. Good question, uh, Mike Perry. Let's see here. We're running out of time. Do we have? Uh, is there another question that you see that you are? Um, we aren't doing the. Or just for Thomas uh, Dennis, we aren't doing this early because I can't step late. <laughs> I have a commitment later today. That's a, that's actually true. That's actually true. <laughs> Even though we usually, and actually we're only recording a couple hours earlier than we normally do when you and I do this. The, the fact is that we usually record late at night until it's, until Bill's in the rotation. <laughs> then we go earlier. I'm the only one that's not a night owl of all these guys. That's true. Um, let's see. And I'm the one that's retired. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. You should be able to stay up. Um, Nathan Connor asked, what are how many Votto contract complainers are also calling for a big contract for Castellanos? Uh, probably all of them. That's an, I mean, that's a really good question. It is. And they'll complain about Castellanos when he's not this good in three years. Every year. Right. Yeah. Oh, baseball fans. Uh, James Urban has a question about that. What do you guys think about checking the pitchers for sticky stuff? I feel like it was foolish to add it mid-season with no training for umpires and what's legal and what's not. But I was curious what you guys thought about it. Do you have a quick thought about I, I think it's irrelevant. I, I, I haven't heard either... I haven't heard that there's been any big change in, in how effective the pitching's been since they started doing it. There has been. I think spin, huh? spin rates are way down. Spin rates are down, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot more a lot more runs being scored. I think they're up. I'm not sure exactly how much, but anyway, go ahead. And and, and I I don't know. I it's just much ado. I'm not going to say much ado about nothing, but uh, and the other thing is. Now, did I did I have I seen this wrong? Is the only time they're checking is the first time a pitcher comes off the mound? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because I know, like the couple of nights I watched, they they checked the both pitchers both nights after the end of the first inning. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you know when they're going to check you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'd be that'd be a good point. I think it's something had to happen. I think they had to crack down on. It. I think just like everything else for Major League Baseball, the way they rolled it out was just stupid. And you know, automatic suspensions 
without actually testing what the substances are. Uh, the Players Association is going to have a lot to say about this in the upcoming negotiations. But again, it's, it's a, that's, this was one of a number of things that I think have uh, made baseball less aesthetically pleasing to watch. And uh, I think they need to do something. But I don't know. I'm not sure how much this is helping or, or what. But um, all right, let's see here. Oh, Jace Lemford can't answer your question, but the uh, full question. But the um, the answer is the the first option in your question because uh, I can just ignore that, like I do every other Bruce Springsteen song. Um, uh, Joey Gaditza, sorry, the Lightning are going to win. Um, Rich, uh, I love you, buddy, but that one's too long for us to get to. But I would never have given that ball, the Luis Quinones foul ball, to a girlfriend. Um, you got to be a patron to understand what these questions are, I guess. But um, last comment here um, and and question, we'll, we'll get out on Dave Hammonds, who was on our one of our new guys from last week. Honored to be a new addition to the Beer League softball team. Just so you're aware, I typically bring the beers to the games of my softball team now. So sleep easy, knowing that we will always have a full cooler. Dave, See, so now so now I've got a new position. It's cooler guard. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And Dave is Player the manager, cooler guard. And Dave Hammonds is the most valuable player right now, easily. Um, Follow-up question. Since the answer to fans' requests of actually putting together a competent team is just to give us more bobblehead days, I think I would settle on a dual bobblehead of Winker and Castellanos. What would be your dream bobblehead to serve as compensation for being so cheap on players? This would be the last one. What's your dream bobblehead? Wow. I don't know. You got a thought? Let me think about it for a second. Yeah, I'm going to go with I want a Billy Hamilton Adam Dunn. Or I lean towards... uh, Lisa Alberto Bonilla and uh, Willie Mopena, but I'm, but I'm going back with Billy Hamilton and Adam Dunn. Well, I got a, I got one, a Rob Dibble Lou Pinella clubhouse fight bobblehead. <laughs> hey, there we go. How about <laughs> since Lou? we were talking about the nasty boys? There we go, depicting them in their fight with their heads heads bobbing. Yeah, with their, both their heads bobbing. <laughs> Good question there. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, all for for joining us here at Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number three hundred eighty-two. Crazy. Um, any final thoughts for us, Bill? Before we get out of here, let's try to go over five hundred next week. Yeah, Reds one game under five hundred. They were one game over, I think, uh, when we talked last week. Let's get uh, if they can get two games over five hundred. I think we need to have a, an emergency podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I don't anticipate that happening. Uh, <laughs> Thank Your you. mouth, God's ear. There we go. Thank you all for. I mean, actually, I mean, after tonight, they got the Cubs for three, and then they got the Royals. Cubs are getting, you know, been, been getting pounded. Fingers if crossed. The bullpen could just get a few guys out. Yeah, and they've actually done better since. We should have talked about this earlier. They've done better since Antone uh, went on the injured list than expected. But it's it's smoke and mirrors. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, it's all smoke and mirrors. So Perez's new fastball is going to be the difference. There we go. The Reds are going seven and zero this week. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Appreciate if you go leave a, a rating or review. Uh, if you want to, you can join the family at patreon.com slash redlegradio where, uh, you know, you, you can join our Slack channel. Just be join the family and join the, the zaniness that we get into. But again, you don't have to. This, uh, this Friday podcast is always going to remain, uh, free for everyone. And so tell your friends about it. Uh, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't, keep your mouth shut. Good talking to you again, Bill. Yep, we're free for a a reason. (laughs) Exactly. Worth every penny. 
for Bill Lack, <laughs> for Bill Lack and Frank Robinson. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.